Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we are talking about season three, episode nine of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Homecoming. I loved, loved, loved this episode. Really? It's one of my favorite ones of the whole series that we've watched. That's so fascinating because I do not feel the same way. And I'll talk about why later. That's crazy to me. Don't get me wrong. This is a fun episode. Lots of hijinks, big party. It's because there's an event that I always think happens in this episode that doesn't happen until season five. If you're spoiled, you can ask me and I'll tell you what it is. And there's another reason, but I'll get to it when we get to that part of the episode. But I see why it's your favorite. I like it a lot, but it's for me, there's an underwhelming aspect to it. Interesting. Interesting. I just had a lot of fun with it. I love any episode where Catherine plays a big role. Mm hmm. You know, I'm a I'm a Catherine Stan AF. I do love any episode where Catherine stands in for Elena that we don't see it coming. This is a particularly good one. I mean, if you know it's her or if you suspect it's her, some of the way she's talking throughout the party makes it pretty clear it's Catherine. Yeah. But as always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. On the night of the homecoming dance, Rebecca opens up to Elena about why the evening is so important to her, leaving Elena with conflicting emotions. Caroline and Matt are both shocked at Tyler's behavior throughout the evening. The night takes a surreal turn when Klaus puts his latest plan into action. Determined to outsmart Klaus, Damon enters into a dangerous partnership, leading to a terrifying turn of events. The band My Morning Jacket performs in the party (laughs) scenes. They had to get their name in. They said, no, you will hear of us. He said, please go listen to our music. I won't. You didn't quite fit the vibe I wanted. Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting choice of band. I think I might be making this up. I think this same band was on Degrassi around this same time. That could be. The name is really familiar to me. Yeah, the name's familiar to me. So maybe that's why I'm thinking it. So I don't know if that's true, but obviously they didn't um, super take off to me. It's also just like a weird vibe to have like a full band with like a saxophone in it at a house party. Which like, you know, whatever, I can't, I can't get in on that. Tyler's rich, Klaus, like you can read that he compelled a lot of this to happen. Still Mm -hmm. a weird vibe, but you know, Klaus doesn't get to go to that many parties. So yeah, (laughs) he doesn't quite know how to fit the vibe for the party. The only parties he goes to are the ones he can buy tickets for. So he thinks every party is a concert. Like he's like, they have to be the same. He doesn't get invited to parties. (laughs) So let's jump right in. We open the episode with Stefan calling Klaus on the phone, as we kind of assumed he would, because if you'll remember, he promised he would lure Klaus back to Mystic Falls. Klaus says, well, Portland rocks. Once you get past, like, the whiny music and all the healthy people, there's a ton of werewolves here. Who <laughs> says with all the healthy people? <laughs> He's like, ew. You know that Klaus went to, like, a coffee shop? And he was like, I'll just have a latte. And they were like, oh, what kind of milk do you want? He said, what do you mean? What kind of milk do I want? Milk. Yeah. And they're like, well, some people, you know, like soy, oat, coconut. He says, I want cow. That's milk. Yeah. He's like, what is this? He's like, what are you all making up? He's like, why does everything taste like dirt? He accidentally ordered a matcha latte. And he said, you know, this tastes like dirt, right? He said, I'm sorry. My coffee is green. (laughs) He also, he accidentally went into like a restaurant. And it was plant-based, but he didn't know that. So he's like, this burger is terrible. Yeah. He's like, I think you guys messed up this burger. This tastes like like trash. And they're like, 
oh, it's made of lentils and sprouts. And he's like, what? Like he like it can't compute for him. He doesn't know. He's like, I'm sorry, I ordered this medium rare. And they're like, no, it's black beans. <laughs> he said, I ordered this rare. I wanted it like bleeding. And they're like, oh, no, we don't like use meat. It's just beans. And he's like, so you're telling me there's no blood in this. And they're like, weird way to phrase it. But yeah, it's plant based. But there's a lot of werewolves there. <laughs> so he got around it. I'm sure he found the one burger place in Portland. Yeah. Stefan uh, doesn't waste any time. He doesn't really care what's happening in Portland. He says, your father's dead. And Klaus says, what? Klaus says, what? <laughs> Stefan says, oopsie, not your real father and not dead. Michael is daggered. And Klaus is like, same difference to me, baby. That sounds good. Yeah. And Stefan says, so what should I do with the body? And Klaus says, okay, well, first of all, you have to explain to me exactly what happened here. So then we do a quick little flashback to an hour earlier where Stefan, Damon, and Elena are like debriefing. Stefan says like, okay, so we'll tell Klaus that Michael followed Elena into a room so he could grab her and use her as bait. Okay. And Elena says, okay, and what, you've revained him? And Damon says, no, we've revained him. We have to be realistic. He's an original. And Stefan says, okay, fine, fine. We. Then we discovered that he had a dagger, which he planned to use on Rebecca, but instead, Elena took it and drove it through his heart. But Klaus would not have believed they just, like, happened to vervain this guy with enough to knock him out, and then he was carrying a dagger. Like, that sounds dumb. Yeah, but... Klaus, I mean, this is Klaus's fatal flaw. He doesn't ask a ton of follow-up questions on that part of the story. Especially because he's so excited that, like, his dad might be dead. He's like, wait, someone found him and killed him and I didn't have to deal with this? Like, he wants to ask questions, but he's so excited. It's like if someone tells you you won, like, $3,000. Like, you'd kind of ask questions, but you'd also be like, okay, but, like, I could really use that $3,000. Like, let me get excited a little bit first and you might miss some stuff. Yeah, I don't need to ask that many questions. <laughs> yeah. Elena says, okay, well, what happens when he wants to see the body? And Damon says, yeah, that's a good point, Stefan, because you've been compelled to do what Klaus says. So if you want to lure him back, like you can't like trip over your words at all. Yeah. And Stefan doesn't seem that concerned about that question, which he should be. And Elena says, look, Klaus is smart. He'll want proof Michael is dead. And then Michael decides to chime in. He says, then dead I shall be. And it's like, oh, boo. I hate this dude. This guy sucks. Elena says, okay, yeah, but what if he wants to see you in person? And Michael says, that means our plan is working. Klaus will absolutely want to see my body. You lure him here and I'll kill him. Big words from a man who won't do that. Stefan says, oh, what are you going to kill him with? Because the daggers don't work on him. Michael's like, duh, I know that. Michael's <laughs> like, don't you think I know that? <laughs> I created them. He's like, don't you think I would be the one who would know where the actual stake is? And Michael says, you know, I'm in possession of a stake made of wood from the white oak tree. The one that left these very ashes. He's narrating as he preps the dagger they're going to stab him with. And Damon says, oh, I love that you mentioned that stake. Where is it? And Michael said, well, I'm not going to tell you because that's my insurance policy, which is fair. Because why would they wake him up if they didn't have to? Yeah, they're like, oh, against what? And he's like, against leaving me daggered? Like, of course he's not going to tell you. That's smart by Michael. They should expect it, but you can't blame him for asking. Yeah. Michael says, well, a vampire can't dagger an original. So Elena, have at it. And she says, you want me to like really dagger you? And he says, look, Klaus is going to leave nothing to chance, especially when it comes to trust. 
he's right. They have to dagger him with Klaus is not going to believe this at all. Yeah. And then we go back to the present where Stefan's on the phone with Klaus after all this happened. And Klaus says, well, I want to see Michael's body myself. Good sign that it's working. And Stefan says, okay, well, he's here. Come by whenever. <laughs> he's like, just come whenever's good. Like, we'll be here. <laughs> Whatever works for you, I'll be here. And we see Michael is gray, veiny, daggered. We see he's dead in essence right now. Dead adjacent. And Klaus says, you know, if you're lying, your compulsion is going to expose you. So answer with your life. Or are you telling the truth? And then we do a quick little flashback to Elena daggering Michael while Stefan sits and watches. And then in the present, Stefan says, I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah, because all Stefan said was he is daggered. Elena daggered him. Yeah, that's the truth. The background of it is not, you know, would expose him. But he didn't ask about the background. He just said it did. He get daggered by Elena. And Stefan said, yep, literally saw it. And Klaus says, okay, well, I want to talk to Rebecca, which is a smart move. And at first it kind of seems like, oh, shoot, how did they not think of this? But then surprise, Stefan says, no problem. Rebecca's right here. And she's on their side. And Stefan hands the phone to her. And she says, hey, Klaus. And he says, what's up with this? And she says, yeah, it's true. Michael's out of our lives for good. Now I miss you. I'm miserable here. So please come back. And he says, I'll be home soon. And she looks very stressed about this. Like, yeah, she she knows that this is the right thing to do, given her information. But she's sad. They hang up. She returns the phone and says, like, Klaus bought it. He's coming home. You can see the remorse on her face. Damon says that was easy. It was. It seemed pretty easy. Like that seemed that part went pretty flawlessly because Michael planned it. (laughs) Not them. (laughs) And Elena says, "Okay, well, let's get this over with. And she pulls the dagger out of Michael. Then we go to the next morning at the Salvatore house. Rebecca's painting her toenails and waiting for Michael to wake up. He finally does. He starts coughing. And she says, took you long enough. Yeah, it did take him a while. <laughs> yeah. And you can see he doesn't really quite know what to say to her because, you know, things are a little awkward. Yeah, he's like, so are you like good with me? I know that I was haunting you, but are we good? Yeah. And she says, you know, save your fatherly rubbish before he even gets a word out. She says, nothing you say matters to me. He says, I see. And then he gets up and he's like, hey, where's my dagger? And Rebecca says, Elena has it. So you can forget about using it on me. Now, Rebecca, you should worry about her having that dagger, but we'll get there. You should worry about someone else using it on you. But she's too excited to go to the dance, which unfortunately she still doesn't get to go. Michael says, hey, you know, Rebecca, I wasn't after you. And Rebecca says, "Okay, sure, but. Nick was my family and you being after him meant you were also after me. So that's not like super comforting to me. Yeah. Like maybe you weren't directly after me, but I was with him and you were after him. So you were after me. Like, yeah, I was still running from you. He says, you know, Klaus blinded you and killed your mother. And Rebecca says, I know what he did. And he's literally going to pay for it with his life tonight because I've okayed him being killed. But Nick was not born a killer. None of us were. You did this by turning us into vampires. You destroyed our family, not Klaus. And this is flawless. She said everything she needed to say, and she's right. Yeah, she is right. I mean, he's the one who turned them all into vampires. And I hate to say it again, their mom would have died in another 10, 15 years. She wasn't immortal. Not that like, you know, go ahead and kill her just because she would have died soon anyway. But like, how mad can you really be? Yeah, it feels like. At a certain point, you kind of have to get over it. You've been alive for a thousand years. Just go hug your son. It's It really is. I can sum up all my feelings about Michael. Just get over it. Yeah. 
more than any other original. Like they all have their little drama queen behaviors. Michael is the worst of them. He's like, I hate my son because he's a monster. Um, oh, let me think. How did that happen? How'd that happen, Michael? How did he become a monster? And Michael said, oh, well, he likes to drink blood and like kill people. Now, wh- where'd he get that? This gives holier than now a whole new meaning. This is making <laughs> Stefan look like an ass, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God, shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's the self-hatred of vampires thing. Like, if you hate being a vampire so bad, just kill yourself. You have a stake that will kill you. You have the one weapon that would kill you. Do it. What are you so scared of? Like, you clearly don't have any friends. I can't stand him, obviously. <laughs> and he was right to have to hear this from Rebecca. Rebecca's like, look, I know my brother killed my mom. I still like him more than you. Yeah, I'm aware that my brother killed my mom, but you are mean. But you're mean for no reason. You just hate us. You hate your kids. At least Klaus is nice to me like 60% of the time. She says, I can forgive killing my mother, but I draw the line at making me feel bad. Yeah. (laughs) He says, you can forgive killing your mother? (laughs) So then we go over to the Gilbert house. Elena is complaining because she hates everything in her closet and has nothing to wear to homecoming. Yeah, how many school dance dresses can one girl really have? Exactly. And Bonnie says, okay, so let's not go. Let's stay home and order takeout and study ancient hieroglyphics with a lyric. And Elena says, yeah, Caroline will kill us if we do that. And Bonnie says, well, Caroline actually has a date. And Elena's like, okay, elephant in the room. Elephant (laughs) in the room is being addressed. She says, hey, you know, you can talk to me about Jeremy, right? And Bonnie says, I don't really have to talk about it. He fell in love with his ghost girlfriend and lied. So kind of what's done is done. Yeah. How much do you really want to discuss that? I mean, it's embarrassing. It's kind of embarrassing. I literally burned bridges with a bunch of dead witches who were on my side to bring my boyfriend back to life. And then he cheated on me with a ghost. That's embarrassing. Like, I don't really want to have to explain that to people. I don't want to keep talking about it. It makes me sound stupid. All for Jeremy Gilbert. It's very embarrassing for me, Elena. I I really don't want to go through it again. It makes me sound down absolutely terrible. Like, there's not that much hidden stuff to discuss about it. It can just be summed up by he cheated on me with a ghost. How much do I really need to say? You can all imagine what I'm feeling from that one sentence. Yeah, you all get it. You all get it. It's not fun for me right now. And Elena says, yeah, but you should talk about it. Like he hurt you and I'm mad too. And Bonnie's like, yeah, but you're mad at your little brother. You'll yell at him. You'll teach him a lesson, but you can't really be mad in the same way I'm mad. And you shouldn't have to be because he's your brother. So I really can't talk to you about it, which is a good point. Yeah. More queen shit from Bonnie to be like, look, you don't have to be like shitting on your little brother because this happened. Like it sucked but he's still your brother. I'm not putting you in the middle of this. Like it really, it's over. It's fine. You don't have to like tear down your whole relationship with your brother over this. Yeah. You're not going to hate your brother over this because he's your brother. And I'm not going to ask you to hate your brother over this for us to be friends, but we can't talk about it the same way. Yeah. She's like, it's okay. I'll go be pissed at home. I'll write in my journal. It's fine. And Elena is like a little sad that she can't help, but she understands this is not her place. And she kind of backs off. So then we go over to the Salvador house. Elena and Damon are kind of prepping weapons, cleaning stuff, whatever, whatever. And Elena says, you know, I've been thinking and we really can't trust Rebecca not to turn on us. Which great point, Elena. 
Thanks for speaking up. Someone should have thought about this sooner. Damon doesn't immediately hop on board with this, which is crazy because uh, he's so stupid. Yeah, Damon, let's all remember how many times you've said you're going to kill your brother. Yeah, I think we all need to keep that in mind whenever one of the originals says they're down for Klaus to die. Let's just be thinking. You need to be thinking critically. And Damon says, oh, yeah, original vampires are so reliable. And Elena says, look, Bonnie was right. And she's thinking about her conversation with Bonnie. She's like, Rebecca's mad at Klaus now, but he's still her brother. Lest we forget Elijah, who was like, I'm definitely going to kill Klaus and then didn't. Yeah, she's like, I'm just saying, like, sibling relationships run deep. Damon says, yeah, he's her brother, but he's her lying, mama-killing, dagger, happy brother. And Elena says, I hear ya. But there's too much that can go wrong. There's too many people who could screw this plan up. And Damon, who killed your dad? Anyway. <laughs> Damon doesn't seem to be worried, though, even though Elena is kind of spiraling, because he says he has a secret contingency plan, but he won't tell Elena. We later find out that that plan is basically just bring in Catherine, which is barely a contingency plan. It's just another factor, but whatever. And I don't know why you wouldn't tell Elena that, because I was thinking his contingency plan was essentially to have Michael bite Stefan. I thought that was his contingency plan was just to keep Stefan out of it. It's not really clear what his contingency plan was. I think Catherine was most of it. He does clearly signal to Elena, like don't talk about it because it's a secret. So we have to assume it's a secret from either Stefan or Michael, whatever his contingency plan is. I think it's both of those are contingency plans because he does need Stefan kind of out of it because the less Stefan knows, obviously the less likely he'll let something spill to Klaus. Yeah. You know, not necessarily on purpose. And then it's good to keep Catherine a secret if you have her. That has always been key of having Catherine stand in for Elena. The less people know it's not Elena, the better. Yeah, the more successful. And then Stefan comes in because he wants to borrow a tie. And Damon says, okay, you have your own ties. And Stefan says, I'm 162 years old going to a homecoming dance. I need better ties. Like you need your best tie for a homecoming dance? For this? Like, it's a little weird. And then he ends up wearing a pretty plain tie. So what was this all for? And Elena says, well, you know, you could not go. Stefan says, well, I'm compelled to protect you. And with your track record at high school dances, I would not be surprised if you got yourself murdered by the homecoming queen. Very fair point. And she says, good point. I remember those dances. And Stefan pops out. Damon grabs a wolf spang grenade from Elena because I don't know what she's doing, but he seems to think it's going to blow up. I think she's just like assembling it. And she insists she knows how to do it because she's done it before. And Damon reminds her that if it blows up, only one of them heals quickly. Stefan returns with some ties and he says, oh, please tell me you have a better plan than Wolfsbane grenades. And they said, no, (laughs) no, we don't. They said, we also have Wolfsbane soaked steaks. So, so I bet you're eating your words right now, huh? Yeah, (laughs) I bet you're shocked. And Damon says, you know, the less, you know, the better. And Stefan says, hey, listen, my freedom relies on you two executing this plan perfectly. So forgive me if I feel a little bit cynical. And Elena says, "Okay, well, you're the one we should worry about, because if Klaus asks one wrong question, this whole thing falls apart. And Stefan says, actually, if we look back at our history of all of our failed plans, which is most of their plans. Yeah, I can't think of a successful plan. Some plans like succeeded, but only because like. Like the original form wasn't the reason. Like yeah. they succeeded after a couple of things went wrong and they adapted, you yeah. know? And Stefan says, if I look back on our history of plans, the 
problem, the thing that usually makes them fail is that someone lets their humanity get in the way. And if I'm taking odds on how this is going to go down, it's not going to be me who screws it up because my humanity's off. And Stefan's like, usually it is my humanity that gets in the way, but not this time because it's off, baby. And then he says, see you at homecoming. And he is right. It's usually someone's humanity and it will be again. (laughs) And as it always is, (laughs) that's the lesson. And then we go over to the school where Caroline and Tyler are decorating for homecoming. It's unclear what they're decorating. They're decorating like the big VW bus that was formerly in the stoner area might still be in the stoner area. It seems to still be in the stoner area. It's unclear if the van they're decorating is for a homecoming float or just for fun. What is clear is that Caroline wants Tyler to hand her the glitter gun. And he says, can't we ditch decorating and like grab a bite? And Caroline says, oh, there's a thermos in my bag. And he says, no, like a real bite. Rebecca knows people who like like to be fed on so we don't even have to compel them. He's like, it's okay. They like it. And Caroline's like, okay, you're missing the point of this, I fear. Yeah. And it's weird because she's been at him for this before. So it's unclear why he thinks this is a good suggestion. I mean, I think the answer is he's stupid. Yeah. And I think it's like, well, she just doesn't like to do this around other vampires because she feels bad doing it. But like, if, if I do it, it's okay. Like then we're having fun. Yeah, it's just fun to do with my girlfriend. It is classic Caroline to just have a thermos. <laughs> She's prepared. She's like, when I need it. Caroline says, okay, um, I just got your mom to stop hating me. So I don't really want to get caught in some silly little vampire threesome with her son. And also, you should probably stop hanging out with Rebecca, who she calls the evil blood slut, which I do think Rebecca would take as a compliment. I, I do. I think Rebecca would say, oh, thanks. That's fun. Tyler says, okay, just like keep the claws in at the dance. It's like, I don't have claws for Rebecca. Yeah. Like, why don't you keep your fucking teeth in, buddy? Yeah. Keep the claws in. I mentioned this to you, I think off mic. When Caroline and Tyler first get together, it's a really cute couple. I remember loving them when they first Mm -hmm. got together, being like, oh my God, this is the perfect couple. And people sour on them over the course of the show. And you're starting to see why. Yeah. Once he gets sired. I do think it's a lot of stuff with Caroline where I want someone just perfect for her because she deserves it. And Tyler is not that. Yeah, Caroline is perfect for Tyler, but Tyler is not perfect for Caroline. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I like them as a couple because I do like Tyler. But yeah, he's losing me in this episode. He really starts to lose us in this episode. We'll see if he continues. It is very like... You become a vampire, the worst parts of your personality comes out because there are all sorts of, you know, in addition to being sired, but glimpses of like season one, Tyler, of just being stupid. Yeah, of just being stupid, kind of wanting to be macho, kind of selfish. Yeah, exactly. This machismo kind of vibe. And Caroline says, "Okay, well, who has the misfortune of being compelled to be Rebecca's date, which is such a nice Caroline dig because it's like. She's not even entertaining the idea that Rebecca asked someone without compelling them. Yeah. She's like, Rebecca had to compel it and it'll still be not fun. And Tyler says, oh, well, Matt's going to take her. And naturally, Caroline is freaked by this. Yeah, because Matt cannot handle her. And Tyler says she wanted to go to the dance. He didn't have anyone to go with. He drinks for a vein so she can't beat on him. What's the big deal? And Caroline says, the big deal is Matt is an innocent, good person. I wouldn't make that argument, but okay. Yeah. And should not go to dances with evil blood sluts. I think this is a fair issue for Caroline that she's like, the last thing we need to do is having like Matt dating an original. Yeah. She's like, look, 
no shade to Matt, but we just don't need that. He doesn't need to be doing that. Well, Matt doesn't want to be involved. Like, what good is this for? This can't possibly turn out well, even in the best case scenario for him or Rebecca. Yeah. Like, no one wins in this. But Tyler says, Matt's a guy. Rebecca's hot. Don't overthink it. I would argue that Tyler's underthinking it. (laughs) Yeah. Tyler is very much so underthinking it. Yeah, Rebecca's hot. But Tyler, I know that you know how to spot a crazy girl. I know that you know how to do it. So what are you missing on Miss Rebecca? Because as much as I love her, she's crazy. Matt can't handle that. And yes, Tyler is sired to Klaus. So we know that like he kind of has to obey Klaus. But doesn't he know objectively that the plan eventually is to not have Klaus and Rebecca in their lives? Yeah. Why is he like allowing them to infiltrate in this way? Well, and also, like, even if Klaus was like, hey, my sire guy, go get my sister a date for homecoming, which Klaus would never fucking do because he doesn't care enough. There's no reason why it would need to be Matt, although I think Tyler would be too lazy to go find someone else, to be completely honest. I think that's honestly it. Tyler has one male friend. It was the first person he thought of, like, literally, he said, oh, maybe Rebecca needs a date. Who do I know? Matt? Okay. I would venture to say even Jeremy's a better call. (laughs) Although she would chew Jeremy up and spit him out as well. Yes. But he may have earned that. (laughs) But I think Jeremy would be better prepared. Yeah. I think Jeremy would be better prepared for like the vampire side of it, but he could not handle her personality. Yeah. And Caroline says, is this some like weird family extension of the sire thing? This way you're like always doing what Rebecca says. And then Tyler says, Look, I'm hanging streamers and I have glitter on my hands. If I'm sired to anybody, it's you, babe. I will <clears throat> kill him. He will get my fist. It's giving misogyny. Yeah. Oh, you have glitter on your hands? That's so embarrassing. Oh, no, Tyler, what if people think you're gay? Ooh, he would catch my hands so quick. And Caroline is annoyed with him. That much is clear. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Rebecca is already dressed for the dance, even though it's the middle of the day. And, and Elena says, oh, head start, huh? She's just so excited. And Rebecca says, the embarrassing truth is like, this is my first high school dance ever, which when you think about it, it makes sense. They were always running. She never had time. Plus she's been dead for 90 years. Yeah. So the way school dances have really taken off since then, like she didn't get to go to like sock hops and things. Yeah. Heartbreaking for Miss Rebecca. She would have loved that. She would have ate that. And then Rebecca asks if Elena has heard anything from Klaus Elena says, no, but I'm sure when he does return, he's going to do it with flair. And yes, he will. Yes, he will. And Rebecca says, and Damon and my dad are all set with their plan. And Elena says, yes. And she says, don't tell me. I really don't want to know anything about it. I just want to go to the dance and leave the rest to them. Yeah, because Rebecca's kind of like, I don't really want this to happen. I get that it has to. And I'm mad at him. So I'm just going to let it happen. But I don't want to have to think about it. And Elena says, you know, I know this has been hard, but thank you for helping us get Klaus back to town. Rebecca says, well, you guys should be careful. I've been running a thousand years for a reason. Michael is not a good person and he can't be trusted. No one in my family can. And I just think, again, this is one of those things. They're all like, I know they're not really trusting Michael, but they're putting a lot of stock in him right now. Yeah. And it seems like a really poor idea. And there's no guarantee that... If Michael successfully killed Klaus, there's no guarantee that after that, he wouldn't just kill all of them. Because here's the thing. Even if Klaus were dead and couldn't make hybrids, 
Michael would kill Elena anyway, just so they couldn't have the doppelganger blood, like minimum. And then he'd probably kill Stefan and Damon just for good measure, just because they're vampires. They have nothing to offer him that makes them safe from him. And none of them are really thinking that. Whereas they like have more to offer Klaus and like Klaus doesn't really like them. They don't really like Klaus, but they're kind of at an understanding more so. Well, say what you will about Klaus. He won't kill Elena. That much, you know. Yeah, that much is a definite fact. But they don't seem to be thinking that much about it. Elena ignores this concern when Rebecca brings it up. They've just been so focused on killing Klaus for so long. And it's like, guys, let's take a little step back. How badly do you really need him dead? Yeah. And Elena instead asks if Rebecca's okay. And Rebecca says, you know, my whole life I've loved and hated my brother with equal measure, but I never thought I'd be the person to help drive a stake through his heart. And tears start to form, but she stops herself because she does not want to ruin her makeup, even though, girl, you've got hours before the dance. You can redo it. You have time. (laughs) Rebecca says, how do I look? And Elena says, you look amazing, but you're missing one thing. And then she holds up her mom's necklace, the faded necklace that was Elena. She gives it back to Rebecca. It's really sweet. And Elena says, you know, you should wear it tonight and offers to put it on for her. And she does put it on. And Rebecca cries and says, thank you. And it's a really, really sweet moment. And then Elena quite literally stabs her in the back. (laughs) The way I didn't see this coming at all. That is, I mean, I didn't see it coming at all the first time. It's really funny because the first time when she says, but it's missing one thing, it's like, oh no, is she going to dagger her? But then she doesn't. But it is like, they have been building kind of a relationship here. Clearly, Elena is like the one that Rebecca trusts the most of this group. Oh, yeah which I don't think Rebecca expected. Yeah, I think Rebecca respects Elena because like we said, you know, last week, I believe, Elena doesn't give Rebecca like the time of day to do her little like drama queen stuff. She's like, no, you can do that. I'm not responding to it. And Rebecca respects that because Rebecca is like, I just want someone to be real with me. No one ever is because I'm like crazy. So she likes Elena and she respects her. And she opened up to Elena a little bit about her life and kind of what she's gone through. It just is sad to watch because you know that Rebecca can't be at this dance tonight if the plan is to kill Klaus. There is no way that that would have gone well. Mm -hmm. And a dagger is easy because they can bring her back to life whenever, but it just is sad for poor Rebecca. She still doesn't get to go to a dance. And as Rebecca is, you know, feeling the effects of the dagger, Elena, you can see, feels intense remorse. And she says, I am so sorry, but I cannot leave anything to chance either. So I have a question. When Rebecca wakes up, because you have to assume she's going to wake up, mm-hmm. do you think she's going to like understand why Elena had to do what she had to do here? I think she will. And I think, honestly, it will be helped by the fact that when she wakes up, Klaus will still be alive and her dad is dead. So I think like she'll be pissed. And, you know, Rebecca, she'll react at first a little aggressively, take a beat and be like, OK, I get why you had to do that. That makes sense. I probably would have stopped the plan. I'm glad Klaus is still here. Glad Michael is dead. That kind of worked out for me in the long run. But you better let me go to prom. Yeah, but I'm fucking going to prom, you bitch. (laughs) There better be another fucking dance. And you're voting for me for prom queen. And you're campaigning. The great news is for Rebecca that this town has a lot of dances. Yeah, so she can go to another one. It's just a shame this dress didn't get to see the light of day. Yeah. And after Elena does this, she looks in the mirror and you can see she's like looking at herself like, what have I become? She's like, "Okay, that was really fucked up with me, wasn't it? She's like, it's really giving Catherine. Ooh. (laughs) 
we do a little time jump and Damon covers Rebecca with a sheet and he says, ah, in the back, harsh. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know what to tell you. Elena says, okay, it had to be done. Okay. Rebecca was never going to be completely on our side. And Damon says, oh, I'm not judging you. It's very Catherine of you. And she says, don't do that. She said, it certainly sounds like you're judging me. And he says, well, it was a compliment, sort of. Elena is like, you know, Stefan is right. Someone is going to let their humanity get in the way and screw this up. And it's probably going to be me. I mean, she is the most likely candidate. At least she's aware of it. Honest reflection. Damon says, hey, you just daggered someone. You're going to be fine. She says, yeah, but I feel really bad about it. I care way too much. I'm obviously the weak link. She is. She is the weak link. But it doesn't matter if you feel bad about it if you did it. Like, that's not the, the concern. Like, the concern is you feel so bad you don't do it. You know, and Damon says, well, you know, if it makes you feel better, she's not really dead. Yeah. He's like, you can wake her up whenever you want. It's okay. Yeah, she's fine. Helena says, do you trust Michael? And Damon says, oh, no. (laughs) Damon says not one bit. (laughs) She says, what about Stefan? And he says, oh, no, definitely not. That's the right reaction. No one to be trusted here. And Helena says, well, then we need a better plan. And Damon says, look, I know what to do, but you aren't going to like it. And she says, why? And he says, because when this all goes down, I don't want you having any part of it. And she says, what does that mean? And he says, do you trust me? And she says, yes. And he says, oh, well, then you have nothing to worry about. So obviously what this is, is like, you don't have any part of it because you won't even be there because you'll be replaced by Catherine. But at this point, we don't have that all cleared up. It's pretty confusing at this point in the episode. It did seem very much like, okay, well, he's probably going to go after Stefan, like, and it's best to keep her out of it because as she just said, she's the weak link and her humanity will get in the way. So then we go over to the school where the homecoming dance is supposed to take place. But there's a lot going on. And Caroline is freaked out. And she's like, what happened? And Tyler says, oh, the gym flooded. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's like, wow, that's really unlucky. Like as if it was an accident. I was like, OK, where are they sending them? Because I was like, there's no way this is an accident. But they obviously want a dance to still happen, you know? Yeah. That's where a climax will take place. Yeah, at an event. So Caroline calls Elena and tells her that the gym is flooded. And Elena says, oh, so that means I don't have to go? And she says, oh, you wish. Tyler's moving the party to his house. <laughs> and Elena says, oh, kegs and beer pong for homecoming. Interesting. But I'll go. <laughs> she hangs up on Caroline and Matt knocks at the door. He's in a suit. He's got a corsage. And he says, hey, Rebecca here? Elena's like, I have some bad news for you, King. You don't have a date anymore. Elena's a slight problem with your date. How do you feel about a backup date? The backup date being, of course, Catherine pretending to be Elena. Yeah, he's like, who's the backup date? So it's unclear to me if this person saying, how about a backup date? Is Catherine already in character as Elena offering herself or Elena offering Catherine? I think that's Elena offering Catherine. Okay. Why would Catherine straighten her hair just to curl it again? That's a good point. <laughs> just like, why bother with it? Yeah. Just to like trick Matt? I mean, there's really no point. Yeah. So we have to assume that Matt knew that it was Catherine the whole time. That's my thought. Because what's Matt going to do? Say, no, I don't want to go to the dance with her. He has nothing to do tonight. Like, okay, then don't go. Go back to your empty home where I'm sure all the lights are shut off because you can't pay the bills. I'm sorry. Okay, do you want to go work at the restaurant tonight? Do you want to pick up a shift? Yeah, no, you'll deal with it. It's not your first time hanging out with Catherine. You would go to the dance with a beanbag if you had to. He says, I can and I have. (laughs) 
So then we go over to the Lockwood house where the party is in full swing. There's a full band set up, My Morning Jacket, as we mentioned. The party is like raging. You're looking at this. There's a whole stage. You're like, how did he get a stage this fast? And then it's like, okay. Like, how did Tyler do this? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, okay, he didn't do this, did he? Yeah, like not just how does anyone do this because logistically it's a nightmare, but how specifically does Tyler do it? Tyler wouldn't think about any of this. And I could get like the bands already booked, whatever they come. But they did not bring their own stage. Yeah. No shade to my morning jacket. But they don't have a stage set up in their fucking truck. They were playing in a gym tonight. They didn't need pyro. Exactly. Bonnie and Caroline arrive. And Caroline immediately notices the same thing we're noticing. And she says, how did he plan a better party than me so fast? Is that a band outside? She's like, it's been not even an hour. She's like, this can't be right. She's like, even I couldn't do this. Yeah, she's like, I could get close, but I couldn't do this. And Bonnie says, who are all these people? And Caroline says, okay, this is weird. I'm going to go find Tyler. And they go in. When it's like, don't you think it's odd that this is your homecoming dance party at a house and you don't recognize like a good amount? Like you guys are kind of popular girlies. Yeah, you should know at least a good chunk of these people. But they don't think critically about it yet. It's a lot to consider. I mean, it's overwhelming to walk into this party with a whole fucking band. So then Stefan's walking around in the backyard watching the band and Tyler approaches and Stefan says, hey, Tyler, nice party. And Tyler says, oh, thanks, but I'm not the one throwing it. And Stefan's like, what? And Tyler says, oh, I'm just doing what Klaus says. And Stefan says, oh, my God. What I like about Tyler being sired, I'll give him this. He's not lying. He's not doing anything. He is just free ball in life. Saying whatever he wants doing anything it must be a nice life he is living can you imagine being that dumb and free oh what a life what joy he must feel he's happier (laughs) than anyone else on this show right yeah he's doing awesome and stefan says like what are you talking about and tyler's like oh it's not a party it's a wake and stefan's like "Mm, okay i don't know why i didn't think that Klaus would get to this. (laughs) Like, I don't know why I thought Tyler did any of this. And then just at that moment, Klaus takes the mic on the stage. He says, good evening, everybody. Thanks so much for being with me to celebrate tonight. It has been a long time coming. And everyone's like, this is our homecoming dance. Who are you? What? This isn't a celebration for you. Well, I guess everyone is the crowd's like, woo. The crowd's like, woo, I love that guy. And then there are like three or four people in the crowd that just go to school. And they're like, why is everyone excited to see him? Is he famous? You have to assume there's some people from the school who like followed the crowd or were like, oh, I heard Tyler's knowing something since he's Caroline's boyfriend. Yeah. Like, oh, let's go. And they show up and they're like, who are all these people? This dance is weird. Well, and they they definitely think Klaus is like some famous guy. And if I'm at this party, I don't know who he is. I take a picture with him because I'm like, well, he's famous. I don't know who he is, but clearly he's famous. So it'll be cool if I have this picture. He's like with the band. I should have a picture with him and I can figure out who he is later. And, you know, they went and said, oh, can I have a picture with you? And Klaus says, oh, absolutely. Klaus said, you want a picture with me? Hell yeah. (laughs) So everyone's having fun. And you say to Klaus, like, well, aren't you famous? And he says, you know what? As a matter of fact, I am. And no, and people don't say that to me enough. It's like, wow, he is so humble. I'm going to have to Google him. (laughs) I'm going to have to find out who that is. I'm going to listen to all his albums. Yeah. That someone gets really into my morning jacket because they're like, look, I took a picture with the lead singer. And someone who's like another my morning jacket fan is like, that guy is not in that band. They're like, no, I saw them performing and he was on stage with them. It's like, no. It's like, I promise you he's not in the band. As a My Morning Jacket stan, I've gone to like seven shows. He's never been at a single one. 
And then the person, the person's like, let me ask you a question. Did he say he was part of the band? Well, no, but but he was there and everyone was really excited to see him. I guess maybe he was a guest or something. Maybe he was a special guest. Huh. Anyway, I have a picture with him. <laughs> they have that picture just on their phone for years and years. <laughs> they don't even know. And that is immortality, my darlings. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Matt and Elena arrive. Elena, of course, in air quotes. And let me say, I saw her come in and I said, very interesting choice of Elena to curl her hair for this party. Hmm. The thing about telling Catherine from Elena, it really always comes down to curly hair or straight hair. And I do want to point out Elena slash Catherine in this dress. Was this Amy Bradley's dress that she died in? I don't know. I don't I didn't even spot anything like that. It was a teal strapless that looked suspiciously similar to Amy Bradley's for Masquerade. This dress was navy. Oh, well, dark teal. I'm going to do some deeper research because I think it might be, which would mean Catherine killed Amy Bradley and then took the dress. It's at least similar to this dress. Well, it's a strapless dress that's trendy in 2012. I'm going to look it up, but I do think they're at least similar. Enough that it made me think of it. Elena says, so much for homecoming. And Matt says, it's weird us being here together. And so it's like, do you know this is Catherine? I think it's it's weird if it's Elena. It's weird if it's someone who looks exactly like Elena. It's kind of weird that he's here. Like he's he doesn't know what to say to Catherine. Caroline approaches and Elena tells Matt she doesn't know anything and to act normal. And Caroline says, Klaus is here. Apparently, our sired hybrid friend Tyler thought it would be good to let his master throw a party. And Matt and Elena... Don't even pretend to be shocked. Yeah, which is stupid. And Caroline says, you know, well, I expected more surprise. And Elena, Catherine, covers it well. She says, I have learned to not be surprised by anything Klaus does. Anyway, I'm going to go find Bonnie. I was like, that's a real quick turnaround for Miss Elena to come up with something like that. Not really like her on the whole. And it isn't. (laughs) When Elena leaves, Caroline asks Matt, like, what's up? What are you two doing here together? I thought you were coming with Rebecca. And he says, oh, plans change. Need a drink. He's like, I'm out of here. Don't ask me any questions. He's like, I cannot keep this straight. I got to go. We see the band playing a little bit more. Of course, they get their camera time. Elena walks through the crowd and then we spot Stefan and Klaus walking together and catching up. And Stefan says, this is quite the homecoming. And Klaus says, you know, I've been planning my father's funeral for a thousand years. Granted, none of these people were invited, but oh, well. He's like, doesn't matter as long as someone else is partying with me. Stefan says, well, so now what is your next plan? Like, are you just going to stop running? And Klaus says, now I reunite my family. So his plan is to basically just take the daggers out of all his siblings and say, guys, I killed our dad. Hug me now. You kind of were wondering, like, why is he bringing his family along everywhere if he doesn't want to wake him up? It's kind of nice that he's like, now that the real problem with our family is gone, it's time to get back together. Which like, Klaus, they are still all going to hate you for daggering them. But it's sweet that you think you'll be a family again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stefan says, oh, your family. You mean the people that you cart around in caskets? And Klaus says, none of that matters. With Michael gone, bygones will be bygones. you got to love his positivity. Yeah, it's, it's very likely wishful thinking. But to be fair, Rebecca got over it. A girl passes by them, and I don't know if you caught this. It's an extra who walks by and says, I like the band. I did not catch that. Which somewhat prompts this next line, which is Klaus being like, oh, I see the homecoming queen still walks among the living. So the homecoming queen loves my morning jacket. An alt girly. Yeah. (laughs) Klaus says, and since the homecoming queen is among the living, that leads me to believe that Rebecca isn't here. So where's Rebecca? 
Yeah, because Rebecca would have uh, compelled that crown right onto her head at yes. the minimum, if not just won it by sheer personality and queen yeah. attitude. Stefan says, I don't know where Rebecca is. I thought she was coming with Matt. And Klaus says, be honest, Stefan. Where is she? And Stefan says, I have no idea. Do you want me to take you to your dad? <laughs> He's like, let's get to it. And Klaus pretty quickly drops the Rebecca thing, which he shouldn't have done. Um, he says, you know, it, you're right. It isn't a party without the guest of honor, but actually you bring him to me, which is smarter than him going to him. Klaus is like, I'm not going to a secondary location. Do you think I was born yesterday? Yeah. And Stefan says, all right, uh, perhaps there's something in it for me. Which, you know, might as well try for it at this point. And Klaus says, what? And Stefan says, freedom from compulsion. And Klaus says, okay, once Michael is dead and his weapon is destroyed, you'll have your freedom. It'll be my pleasure to give it back. Stefan says, great, that's all I want. And he leaves to go get his dead father. Of course, not dead. The band keeps playing some more. We get another moment of them in case you really love my morning jacket. The homecoming queen does. Yeah, it's her night. She won queen. Let her listen to the band. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon pours himself some blood into a glass. And Michael comes in. He says, hey, did my daughter go to the dance? And Damon says, yep. (laughs) Missed the photo op. Yeah, she did. The dance, uh, incidentally, is under the bed in my room. (laughs) Damon says, did you get the steak? And Michael says, yes, I did. Damon says, well, no offense to your honor, but I'm not going to take your word for it. So can you show it to me? I really wanted the steak to just look like a normal piece of wood (laughs) after all that. (laughs) Michael doesn't take offense to that. He takes it out to show Damon. It's very fancily carved. So, you know, it's a special steak. And Damon says, can I hold it? And Michael says, no. (laughs) Michael says, why would I let you do that? No. Michael says, do I look like an idiot to you? He says, this is the only weapon on earth that can kill an original. So I think I'm going to keep it in my hand. No offense. And Damon says, I, I had to try. I, I had to attempt it. You, you can't blame Damon for trying. <laughs> and Damon says, you know, I'd offer you a drink. But Catherine says you're more of a vampire on the rocks guy. And Michael says, well, you could still offer. And Damon's like, OK, um, obviously you can't drink my blood. Damon's like, um, no, go kill your son, loser. I want to make it clear that I'm not offering. Damon makes a little bit of conversation. He says, hey, why feed on vampires? Don't tell me it's for the smooth aftertaste. And I don't really know why Damon is asking this because it's pretty clearly obvious why it's holier than now. I think he just wants to hear him say it. He's like, maybe there's some other reason, whatever, something he gets from it. But it is pretty clearly self-hatred wanting to be better than every other vampire you could be. A, feed from the predator. Okay, then why'd you make so many predators? Doesn't take that away, buddy. Yeah, Michael says, yes, I did help to create vampires, but bloodlust was never my intention. So over the centuries, I learned to feed on the predator, not the innocent. Oh, so it's okay that you created vampires because you didn't mean to. It's just because you didn't think about it. Oh, you didn't think through your plan to make an immortal being of your children who you hate? Dumbass. So Stefan enters and says, hey, change of plans. Klaus is back. But he's at the Lockwoods and he wants Michael's body delivered to his doorstep. And Michael says, well, he is in for a colossal disappointment. Actually, he's really not. You are. He's actually about to have a really good night. (laughs) And Stefan says, well, he's not going to come here. So I hope your plan didn't depend on that. And Damon says it didn't. That would be stupid if it did. And Stefan says, you guys do have a plan, right? 
Damon says, we do. It just doesn't involve you. And then Michael bites Stefan enough for him to pass out, feeds on him. And Damon says, okay, you couldn't just break his neck. And Michael says, it occurred to me. It's like, whatever, dude. Stefan's poor neck. It has been cracked so much in the past <laughs> like month. Stefan's having a rough uh, month, really. And then we go back over to the Lockwoods. Tyler tells Klaus his mom would freak out if she saw all these people here. And Klaus says, oh, your mom's not going to be a problem. I compelled her to go to church and pray for all your friends. Tyler says, what? I was like, that's kind of a weird thing to say. And Klaus says, look around. There's Bonnie, Elena, Matt, your pretty little girlfriend, Caroline. So he thinks she's pretty. You you think Caroline's pretty? Yeah, you want to elaborate on that, Klaus? And Caroline does just look stunning tonight. I mean, we haven't said it, but she's wearing this really beautiful pink dress. I mean, square neck pink, iconic. She looks stunning. I've said it before. I'll say it again. That bitch can pull off a jewel tone. Yeah. Beyond belief. And Klaus says their dance was ruined tonight and you came through with a party. What a pal. But who is everyone else here? And Tyler looks around and he says, I've never seen these people in my life. I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not even think about that. And Klaus, you know, kind of walks him through this conclusion. Most of us in the audience are smarter than Tyler. So we get here quicker than Tyler does. Yeah, pretty much immediately. And Klaus says, who's everyone else here? I was like, okay, hi, Brits. Like pretty immediately. Tyler took a good another minute. Klaus says, you know, I invited a few dozen friends of my own. There's Mindy from Kansas because there's a ton of werewolves in the heartland. There's Tony from North Dakota. And let's not forget the Seattle contingent. Tony really traded up, got out of North Dakota. Yeah, he said, I'll do anything. He said, please. Klaus said, they're all hybrids. They're all sired by me. And they all want to serve their master. And they love to party. So they're going to retaliate if anyone makes a move against me. And so you can tell your friends if you want to. So it is worth pointing out that clearly this siring thing happens with every hybrid, mm-hmm. whether it's on purpose or just a nature of the hybrids. But that is confirmed because it was kind of a yes. question when it was just Tyler. Great point. Then we go to some private room upstairs and Tyler pulls Caroline in in her beautiful pink dress. And he says, what are you up to with Klaus? And she says, I don't know. She says, I mean, he's here. But other than that, I really don't have anything in my mind. Yeah. And Tyler says, whatever you think you're going to pull off, he's on to you and he's two steps ahead. And Caroline says, "Okay, well, I don't really know what's happening. And he says, you're lying. And she says, you know what? Actually, I'm not. But even if I were lying, (laughs) I wouldn't tell you shit because you're sired to Klaus and you can't be trusted. Yeah. She's like, you know what? I'm not lying, but I fucking would. And she says, so can we just go back to the party? And he says, sure. But then he gets a vervain syringe, stabs her neck until she passes out. Boo. Boo. Let her have her homecoming. So then we go outside. Klaus approaches Elena and he says, oh, where's your date? And she says, he's getting me a drink. Klaus offers her his beer and she says, fuck no. She says, no, thank you. (laughs) And he says, you know, I hear that I have you to thank for Michael's demise. And she says, well, he came at me. I didn't have a choice. He says, no, like, don't worry about it. I'm impressed. You know, it's not easy for a human to dagger an original. And she says, yeah, well, it wasn't my first time. Yeah. And he says, right, Elijah. And then he looks around and he says, hey, you seem nervous. And she says, "Mm, I'm not nervous. I just don't like you. 
And that was another line that I was like, wow, that's kind of snappy for Miss Elena. Yeah, exactly. It is truly clear that although Klaus is kind of controlling a lot of it here, he is still letting his excitement about his father potentially dying tonight cloud his judgment because he has no suspicion that this isn't Elena. Yeah. And he should. Yeah. It's not even a question to him. Again, because she's a little quippier than Elena is. Yeah, but he's just so excited that he's ignoring that completely. He's like, oh, look at Elena being quippy. Ha ha, time to go. He says, ding dong, my dad is dead. Yeah. (laughs) He says, well, look, I'll get right to the point then. He's doing his little tour. He's kind of telling everyone who will listen some similar bullet points, but he's getting to different points with everyone. Classic Klaus, he's just so excited to have a plan that he's like, who wants to hear? He's just like too excited about it. And we see only part of this conversation for now. We'll see more later. But he says, you know, people have been after me for a thousand years and I'm always one step ahead. So whatever you want to try, give it your best shot. You won't succeed. So then we go out front. Damon approaches the party. Some guy at the front says, hey, invite only vampire. And Damon says, oh, here's my RSVP. And he pulls his heart out and throws it to the side. He says, hybrid. (laughs) Immediately. Very cool move. And the hybrid should have seen it coming. That's the thing about these hybrids being sired to Klaus is they are like so convinced they're the most powerful things ever. And this is that werewolf hubris. They become a vampire and they're like, wow, now I'm so powerful. It's like, you can still be killed. Yes, you are immortal, but only if no one whips your heart out first. Exactly. So then we go upstairs. Tyler has called Matt up to the room where he has knocked out his girlfriend. Matt asks, like, what did you do? And Tyler says, it's just for Vane. She's going to be fine. But you need to, like, get her out of here ASAP. Because something is going down against Klaus. And this house is full of hybrids who cannot help but protect Klaus. And Matt says, can't? And Tyler says, look, I can't explain it or fight it. All I know is that I have to protect Klaus. And Matt says, by attacking Caroline? And I hate to agree with Matt here. (laughs) Matt's like, look. I know I'm pretty stupid, but this sounds like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but this sounds stupid to me. He's like, am I making that up or am I right? It's hard to say. (laughs) It is just the blind leading the blind with these two talking to each other. Yeah, literally. They should not be friends. It is not useful to anyone. Tyler says this is the only way to protect her. So please just get her and everyone out of here safely. And Matt accepts it because what else can he do? Yeah. Tyler doesn't really think much of like, will Matt listen to me? Will Matt do this? He's like, I'm just going to tell Matt what to do and he'll listen to me because I'm very powerful. Because I'm a hybrid. And to be fair, Matt does listen to him. Matt does overall listen. So then Tyler goes downstairs and he runs into Damon, not someone Tyler really wanted to see. And Damon pulls him into the study and he says, hey, as a host, you should know your hybrids don't make a great first impression. And Tyler says, look, Klaus sees your move coming and he's going to kill everyone at this party if he has to. And Damon says, tell someone who cares. Yeah. And then they start to fight. Tyler tries to bite Damon. So Damon tries to stake Tyler with the fancy stake. So Bonnie gets involved. She does her little aneurysm thing to stop them both. And Damon says, hey, you weren't supposed to do that to me. And she says, well, you weren't supposed to kill Tyler. She's like, you can't keep killing our friends. That's the line I'm drawing. I don't think I'm asking that much of you. And Damon says, well, he was going to bite me. It's like, get on track. Then go get Klaus's blood. (laughs) And so Damon pockets the steak, but Bonnie notices it. And 
he says, it's nothing, be quiet. And he like gestures like, there's a lot of hybrids here. Someone's going to overhear it if you say it too loud. And Bonnie says, why do you have it? And he says, because I'm the only one who could get inside the house, which is Klaus's genius here, is that he went to a house that Michael has not been invited in. So then we go over to the beer pong table. Mindy tells Klaus that he has a visitor and he says, well, tell my visitor I'm on the brink of victory because he only has one cup left. Mm -hmm. And Mindy is serving Alice Cullen. Yeah, you can see Twilight's influence pretty clearly on her haircut. She became a hybrid and she's like, wait, I'm half vampire now. I got to go see my hairdresser. She sat down at the hairdresser and she said, give me the Alice Cullen. And the hairdresser said, oh, no. The hairdresser said, you a vampire? <laughs> she said, newly. <laughs> Just got turned. And Mindy says, well, your visitor's name is Michael. And so Klaus like takes a deep breath. He sinks his last beer pong ball. And he says, well, we mustn't keep him waiting. Move everyone out to the back. I'm going to go talk to my dad. So Klaus goes to the front door. He stands inside the doorway. Michael stands outside the doorway. And Michael says, hello, Nick Klaus. And Klaus says, hello, Michael. Won't you come in? Oh, that's right. I forgot. You can't. <laughs> Starting strong, Klaus. <laughs> really got him. Klaus really reverts to like a little baby when he talks to Michael. But to be fair, Michael's kind of being a little bitch baby too. The, all of the originals are little bitch babies. Yeah. Because they're unkillable. Of course, you're little bitch babies. Exactly. So this is really the battle of the bitch babies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not like one of them starts mocking the other one. They are seconds from it. If this conversation had gone on much longer, it would have been that. Like, well, I'll kill her. I'll kill her. <laughs> Stop repeating what I say. Stop repeating what I say. <laughs> like, I am shocked it didn't go that way. <laughs> they are just so immature. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. This literally makes Stefan and Damon look insanely emotionally evolved. Yeah, it's crazy. Michael says, you know, you could come outside if you want. And Klaus says, or I could watch my hybrids tear you limb from limb. And the hybrids gather around. And Michael says, mm, you know, they can't kill me. And Tyler says, true, but it'll be a fun party game. If I just rub my fingers together, he says that, but he means snap. Yeah. Weird choice of words. He forgot the word snap because he was nervous. Yeah. <laughs> he said, rub? He said, rub my, that can't be the right word. Michael says, I think you're talking about snapping. And he says, right. And he, he says, shut up, dad. I do love the idea that he's like, well, it won't kill me. And Klaus is like, I don't care. Like, it'll still be fun for me. I hate you. <laughs> You'll be in pain. Yeah. He says, all I have to do is like snap my fingers and they'll pounce. And the thing about this conversation is every time Michael responds, he starts it with like a little like he's laughing at Klaus. It really beats Klaus down very fast. Yeah, it is digging right at all of Klaus's insecurities. Like every time Michael says something, it's like, oh, you're so stupid. And here's why. Say what you know about Michael. He knows how to push Klaus's buttons. Yeah, you guys should be watching this and, you know, just keep it locked up for when you want to really get to Klaus. Yeah. Michael says, ah, the big bad wolf. You haven't changed. Still hiding behind your playthings like a coward. And he is. Yeah, he <laughs> very much is. I mean, he's hiding in a door where his dad can't get in. Yeah. He's being a little cowardly. Which is smart. I mean, he should be hiding from him in that way. Being cowardly is smart. Yeah. But it is cowardly. And then Michael kind of hits him with, yeah, they may be sired by you, but they're part vampire and they can be compelled by me. Which is a cool move by Michael that he basically compelled them. We don't know to do what, but certainly to not kill him. So they're at an impasse here. So Mindy approaches behind him and pulls out Elena. Elena, in quotes. Michael says, come out and face me or Elena dies. And Klaus says, uh, go ahead and kill her. 
Klaus is like, I have a shit ton of hybrids. Like, I, I would love to get more, but I do have a stash of her blood somewhere. I'm assuming he kept a stash. I don't think he used all of it. So he's like, go ahead. Elena's like, uh, hey, no, Klaus, he will do it. So like, he's not bluffing. Michael says, you know, if she dies, this group of hybrids, or what he calls abominations, will be your last. And Klaus says, I don't need them. I just need to be rid of you, which is a bluff because Klaus does want his hybrids. But at this point, it's good that he's trying to pretend he doesn't care. Well, and I think really, if it came down to a choice between you can have like infinitely more hybrids or your dad can be dead, I do think he would pick his dad being dead Mm -hmm. of those two options. But at this point, I don't think he thinks his dad being dead is really an option. Yeah. Although he has to assume if his dad can kill him, he can kill his dad. Whatever. Not important. I I think he still is hopeful that someone would at least dagger his dad. Yeah. That a dagger is in the mix. Yeah. That at least he could shut his dad up. Yeah. So Klaus says, I don't need them. I just need to be rid of you. And Michael says, to what end? So you can live forever with no one at your side? That hits right in the part that Klaus doesn't like to be hidden. He's like, why do people notice that I hate being alone so much? And then Michael says, nobody cares about you anymore, boy. Cutting. And then he says, what do you have other than those whose loyalty you've forced? No one. And this is deeply cutting. And he's correct. But also, Michael, who the fuck do you have? And that's what Klaus should say. But yeah, Klaus is obviously very affected by this. He's too hurt by it to really come back with that because he, you know, his dad knew right where to hit him. And he's making a point that Klaus is worried about, that he doesn't have anyone whose loyalty he hasn't forced. I mean, Stefan used to be his best friend and all Stefan wants to do is stop hanging out with him. Yeah. And even Rebecca, who is more loyal to Klaus than I think Klaus realizes, but he thinks that Rebecca's only loyal because like she doesn't really have anyone else to be with. Like she's only there because of this common enemy, whatever. Which is kind of true. And then Klaus says, you know what, dad? I'm going to call your bluff. Kill her. And this is the right move. Go ahead, because clearly he's bluffing. And Michael knows he's bluffing. So he says, come outside and face me, you coward. And I won't have to. But at this point, calling him a coward is all he kind of has left. That was his last big dig that he just did, Michael. So now he doesn't really have anything else to say. Yeah, he did his big one. And now Klaus is still like, go ahead and kill her. And he's like, no, you were supposed to come outside, though. And Klaus says, my whole life, you've underestimated me. If you kill her, you lose your leverage. So go ahead, kill her, old man killer and i do think if he kills her he does lose his leverage however if he kills elena klaus loses more than michael does so i do think it's not outside the realm of possibility that michael would kill elena i I do think that's true but i think it's enough leverage that that i think would be more powerful but if the leverage isn't working the way he wants like i think it hurts klaus way more to kill elena than it hurts michael so i think michael will kill elena if the leverage isn't working I think that would more track if there were no hybrids yet. But since he figured out that this is how you get the hybrids work and he has hybrids, like he could, I think he still would kill her if it wasn't working because like, obviously why not stop him from making more? But it's also kind of like enough damage has been done that like the leverage is still very useful. I think he would still be willing to kill Elena, but. Because here's the thing. Yes, there's already hybrids, but Klaus brought all of his hybrids here. All Michael has to do is kill Elena and then kill all the hybrids. Yeah, and those hybrids aren't very smart, as we've seen. And then Klaus has no hybrids left. Yeah. And then he can't make any more. So, like, Michael isn't completely out of options by killing Elena, whereas Klaus kind of really needs Elena alive. I do think it's right to call Michael's bluff, but I don't think he's totally bluffing here. Granted, it's not really Elena, so who cares? 
Yeah, I think we have to assume that Michael thought this was Elena and he's yeah. like, whatever, I'll do it. I don't care. Yeah, they were not in on this part of the plan. This is Michael turning on them. Yeah. Using Elena as bait, because to be fair, that's kind of all Michael has. Because Michael, his plan after he killed Klaus was to kill all of them anyway. So he's like, if I have to kill Elena first to get him to come outside, that's fine with me. Yeah, Michael's plan here tonight is clearly kill Klaus. And then after that, just go around, kill the rest of the hybrids, kill the vampires. What, there's 20 people? He's been alive for a thousand years. He can do it in 30 minutes. Yeah. Less, probably. So it doesn't really matter to him about this. Which, again, is why they shouldn't have aligned themselves with him, but whatever. Yeah. Everyone said not to trust him and they were stupid, but at least at least Damon had a contingency plan for if he couldn't be trusted, which was obvious to everyone but them. At least Damon didn't trust him. Smart move there. But I think Klaus is doing the best he can right now because he's like, I would rather you be dead because I think Klaus also knows that if his father is here, he probably has the weapon with him. Mm -hmm. So even if he wants to go save Elena, he would rather let Elena die than go let his dad kill him. Yeah, exactly. He would try to leave with as many hybrids as possible. Klaus says killer. He like yells. He's obviously losing his temper. And then Michael laughs again. Laughs in his face. Says your impulse, Nick Klaus. It has and will forever be the one thing that keeps you from being truly great. And then Michael stabs Elena and she falls to the ground. Klaus is shocked by this. At this point as the audience, you're either shocked by this or you're like, okay, so that's Catherine. Yeah, as soon as he laughed this off after Klaus had killed him, I was like, okay, that's Catherine. Because I was like, because there's no way Damon let Elena get in this situation. Yeah. While Klaus is shocked at Elena being dead, Damon approaches and stakes Klaus, but not in the heart. Probably accidentally not in the heart, but also an element of the plot because obviously we don't want Klaus to die. So Well, it could just be a disarming thing. Like he couldn't quite get the heart, but he can at least knock Klaus down and kind of get on top of him. So then Elena pops up pretty easily. And then Michael is like, okay, so that's Catherine. I feel like I should have seen that one coming. He's like, okay, that does seem obvious now that this just happened. I do sound stupid. Then Catherine turns around, takes out some wolf spain grenades, says kaboom, and throws them at all the hybrids. They react accordingly. Yeah, cute little move by her. She's like, I'm going to do my little line. <laughs> and then meanwhile, Damon has like taken the stake out. And he's getting ready to stake Klaus in the hurt when he suddenly gets tackled by Stefan. And the stake falls to the side. And Damon's like, oh, Stefan, what the fuck are you doing? And Klaus is like, oh, here we fucking go, baby. Klaus reacts <laughs> fast, adapt, change, overcome. He sees the stake. He grabs it and he stakes Michael into the hurt. If there's any question about how permanent this death is, we lose it pretty quick because as it enters the hurt, it catches fire. He catches fire. He turns gray and He is dead, dead. He burns alive. Yeah, we've never seen an original like successfully burned before. Yes. And I want to talk about this death because it's one of the coolest deaths of the series, we have to say. Mm -hmm. But this is a big reason for me why this episode is underwhelming. Because he died so fast. Because Michael's not even really a threat. Like, yeah. he is a villain they introduce and they really don't do anything actually scary with him. In my recollection, I remember not really being scared of him and I couldn't really remember why. The second time I watched it, I was like, oh, it's because he never really does anything. And the third time I watched it, it's like, he really does absolutely nothing. See, I never thought of him as a super scary guy. His whole thing was that he had a weapon that could kill Klaus and he spent a thousand years not being able to kill Klaus. Like, 
seems like kind of an easy thing. Well, this is kind of the problem with the Vampire Diaries, if I have to pick one. Go with me on this. We blow our load on the big villain way too early because once we've introduced the originals, it's pretty impossible to raise the stakes past them. Not to say we don't get other villains down the line that are good, but we get some that are bad. But it's like, at this point, there's no one who's really as scary a villain as Klaus. They introduced Michael to be like a bigger bad than any of the originals, and he just doesn't really live up to that. So to me, it's like, okay, why did we even do it? Why do we even do this guy? I get that, but I do think it offers a level of like what I really like about the originals as characters is just this very interesting character development of what is a villain? How do people become who they are? Like what is really evil? Those questions are really key to the originals, I think. And I think, because I don't really view Michael as a villain in the classic way. Like I think he's a villain, but it's also just like, this is just a dude who is, so personally offended by everything that like he fucking did it's like almost a john gilbert type villain well but that's my point too which i guess i get that being underwhelming but i never viewed him as this like i never expected him to become this big bad because i kind of was like okay what's he gonna do kill klaus like obviously not well but it was like if before john gilbert got introduced everyone's like oh don't bring this guy to town he's gonna kill everyone everyone's like oh my god michael's gonna ruin us all and he gets staked in 10 minutes how was he alive for a thousand years like you were all talking like he's dangerous and he barely held his own to be fair they were only scared because he kept that fucking weapon hidden which is what i said early on about klaus of like i was like if klaus knows of a weapon he's keeping that hidden because the second someone knows even what the weapon looks like, what the weapon is, where to find it, you've lost all your power. And that was Michael's problem. He should never have shown Damon that stake. He should have said, no, you got to trust me that I have it. I have to be the one to kill Klaus. Or just like get to Klaus some other way. Like that was his issue because that is the one weapon that can kill you. You keep that shit locked tight. And why was it so hard to catch your son? If your son is so fucking stupid to you, Michael seems like so again he seems like the same level of threat as John Gilbert like little more than an annoyance but he's like talked about as if he's like insanely dangerous and terrifying and he's just not he looks like the mentalist that's mean to the mentalist I know who's very very sexy this death is very cool but it's just like as a villain he's deeply underwhelming and so to see him dethroned in ultimately to me an underwhelming way it's like okay I think to me that tracks as an original because I think you know killing a vampire who's watching out for death at every turn like that's why it's so hard to kill Catherine because she's aware of all the ways someone would try to kill her when you have one way to be killed you're not really thinking ahead in that way and so I think it's very realistic that he would be killed that quickly once that opportunity arose Mm -hmm. like I think I was good with this death being fast Because it's like, oh my God, get over yourself. Shut up. Like, it's just, it's not worth any of our time. Please die. Yeah. But it's just like, why are you all so afraid of him? This man really does nothing. It's really go, go, give us nothing. Yeah. I don't track why they're all afraid of him. I think Rebecca and Klaus, it's clear that they're just scared of him because he's their dad. Yeah. More than anything. Like, what's Anna afraid of? I don't know why Anna's afraid of him. That doesn't track to me. See, that's the thing. And like Catherine's reaction to him was fine. She was like, okay, whatever, dude. Like that makes sense. 
Yeah, the Anna reaction, I think, was a misdirect. To me, I guess it's not so much this episode. To me, the Michael arc is quite underwhelming. I get that. And I can say that now that we're at the end of that. I get that it was needed to get the backstory of the originals. So for that, I thank it. I think it's also useful in, I'm sure we'll see this emotional, you know, turn of what happens when Klaus has now killed this father that he hates so much. We're all just killing our dads over and over again. It's more of like an emotional turning point and driving point for Klaus than his own character. Yeah. Because all Michael did was come in and be like, I hate my son. And it's like, okay. And then he died, which I think was about what he deserved is why I don't have an issue with it because I think he was merely a plot device for the originals. And I'm okay with that. But this is the first villain we've met since the originals. And so far up until this point, every villain had heightened. So we had Damon, the council, John Gilbert, Catherine, the originals, everything was like heightening off each other. And then we have Michael. It just feels like a walk back. I think the combination of Bill Forbes and Michael, it's this father question, right? So I think it's kind of this motif that they're going at. And I think the only way to up the stakes from the originals for the originals is to have someone that could kill them permanently. So I see why they did it. But yeah, he's not scary to other people. And frankly, he didn't seem scary even to the main characters because they were happy to work with him in spite of like his personality and not being trustworthy. And now, as far as we know, that stake's gone. Yeah, it burned up. So now the originals are back to not being able to be killed. Well, I think like everyone was so like, we got to stop Klaus. We got to stop Klaus. And I think that's been the wrong path for a while now because it's just, it's not happening. You guys aren't (laughs) killing him. So it's time to move past that hope, you know? Yeah. So that's why this episode kind of underwhelms me. It's because Michael underwhelms me. That's what I teased at the beginning. Uh, So I'm happy for Michael to be gone. I just like to see Klaus be able to kill his dad. I think that was good for him mentally. Something had to be. I mean, he just, I think he's such a little bitch baby. And all his dad ever was, was like someone who had evidence and proof that he was a little bitch and would tell him that all the time. And I think he needed to be free of that. Well, that's that's why this conflict underwhelms me is because it's like, I feel like Klaus's conflicts with the other characters, particularly like Elijah, for example, but the mm-hmm. Salvatores, Stefan specifically, like mm-hmm. I feel like his conflicts with all the other characters are so interesting. Yeah. And so to have him be like, my daddy's mean to me, it's just a little boring. I think it is a little basic and boring, but I think it explains Klaus's insecurity and like, oh, sure. It does a good backstory for him, but I think it's also like, it's just like that basic fight that people have where do we come from are we respected in our lives and it's like okay well of course Klaus is insufferable look at who fucking raised him yeah where do we come from where Where do we we go go? where do we come from cotton eye joe i don't think michael is interesting as a villain i think he's interesting as someone who built klaus into who he is he's literally just a plot device for klaus i do feel like he's just a plot device for klaus so at that point Just give me more Klaus if you don't have anything else interesting. Again, I feel like Michael's threat level is equivalent to like John Gilbert's threat level, obviously in different ways. But people weren't going around like, oh my God, watch out for John Gilbert. Everyone's like, he's basically a fly. Yeah, (laughs) he's just bugging me. But it's so classic of the originals to take something that is really not a big deal at all. And blow it out of proportion. Blow it way out of proportion. Make it the biggest issue in their lives. Make it everyone else's problem. Because y'all drama queens. 
but either way, I'm happy the Michael arc is over. I don't like the Michael arc at all. It's a good death. When he's dead, I'm like, yeah, he's really weighing us down here. We're kind of not moving forward with this guy here. And I do think it's going to make Klaus's storyline more interesting. Now he's not running from anyone. He's not running from anyone. And also like so much of what he's doing, you can interpret as him being like, I have to prove that I'm scary. So my dad doesn't think I'm a little bitch. Well, and and now he's proven he's scary because he killed his dad. Who's a little bitch now? Uh, Still you, Klaus. You just killed another little bitch. Yeah. I do think this will help Klaus kind of face his own inner demons and maybe why he's so insufferable to so many people. Maybe like, hmm, why do I have no friends? You think Klaus is going to really examine his own personality in that way? You you think that seems like something Klaus is going to (laughs) do? I think... It's more that he won't have to worry about his dad, which I guess he wasn't worried about his dad for like however long he was locked up in this crypt anyway. But I think it gives him some time to feel a little bit more confident in himself. Like, hey, I was able to slay that dragon. Maybe some personal growth. I do think that is asking a lot of Klaus, you know, knowing how we know him, but we can hope. Yeah, we'll see how Klaus uh, reacts and if it is maturely. (laughs) We'll see. Let's see. Let's get our hopes up. (laughs) We'll see how Klaus moves forward in his life, uh, making finally mature decisions. I mean, we all saw how Stefan reacted after he killed his dad. So (laughs) so it it doesn't bode well. So we see Michael burn up and die. And Damon turns to Stefan and he says, what did you do? And Klaus says, oh, he's earned his freedom. Stefan looks at Klaus. Klaus says, thank you, my friend. You no longer have to do as I say. And he compels Stefan to be free. And Klaus is like, but I want to be clear. If you want to hang out with me, that's still on the table. (laughs) And Stefan looks over and Damon is gone. Stefan knows he upset Damon, but he has good reason for it. We'll find out later. Mm -hmm. Then we go over to the Forbes house. Caroline wakes up in her bed and she's annoyed because she got vervained by her boyfriend. And Tyler says, hey, you okay? And she says, what do you think? She says, I'm pretty pissed. And he says, okay, well, I'm sorry I stabbed you. It was the only thing I could think of to get you out of there. And she says, oh, yeah, not like, oh, I'm worried about this evening. Maybe go home and watch Dancing with the Stars. And Tyler makes a good point here that he says, if you knew all your friends were like teaming up against Klaus, would you have left? And she says, well, no. She says, well, obviously, no. And he says, see, I saved you from your own stubbornness. And she says, "Okay, this isn't fucking funny. Again, he's going to catch my hands. Yeah, she's like, you're still not right here, though. She says, how can I be with you when you're sired to him? And Tyler says, I need you to understand. This is who I am. There's nothing I can do. Klaus can't be killed. I can't be fixed. And I'm okay with it. And she says, okay, well, why are you okay with it? And he says, because it's better. I don't have to turn unless I want to. I never have to go through that pain again. And if being sired to Klaus is the price I have to pay, then so be it. Which like, How painful can it be to turn into a werewolf? I know know it's inconvenient, but like, whatever. And Caroline says, but you don't have any true control over yourself. And he says, well, I didn't before. The full moon controlled me. Yeah, once a month. Just don't make plans on that one night a month. Yeah, come on. And he says, after all we've been through, you've been there for me. 
Don't turn your back on me now. And this is what I was saying earlier. Caroline is great for Tyler. Tyler is not great for Caroline because all of their bonding, their pre-relationship bonding, their whole relationship is built on her helping him. When has he done shit for her? And now he's like, oh, sorry, I'm sired. Uh, Don't be stubborn. Oh, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, he's like, well, you can't turn your back on me now. It's like, okay, manipulation 101. She says, actually, as a matter of fact, I can. You need so much support? Go talk to your fucking master. If you want someone who's not going to turn your back on you, go talk to the guy you're sired to. But I don't have to be okay with you actively going against me and my friend's best interests so that you don't have to turn into a dog once a month. I'll fucking kill you. It's this thing, too, of Tyler that I really think is this feeling of like power of being a hybrid because it's the sire part of it, obviously. But he's also like, isn't it cool that I'm a hybrid? Like that's second only to being sired. Like, and he really just has not thought through the consequences of that or really sat with like what this means in the same way, like that Caroline really worked through her transition. And so he's like, well, you just have to be there for me again. And she's like, I don't want to sit through and like watch you go feed on live people. Like I worked hard to not do that it wasn't easy for me. And now you're just kind of doing whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. It puts all the responsibility on her and none on him. And it's not fair. And she's like good at taking care of people and likes to take care of people, but she shouldn't have to take care of him in every realm of his life. But he's making her feel guilty. And she obviously does feel guilty. And she's trying to explain to him like that. She just feels conflicted because he's not really on her side. And he's asking her to accept a lot, but she can't really put that into words. She says, I, I just, and he says, got it. And then he leaves all angry. I will fucking end you. You have some fucking nerve. And she gets that he doesn't want to turn into a wolf. And there are positive sides of this. That doesn't mean that she has to be in support of it. Yeah. Maybe think a little critically about how you're acting, Tyler. Maybe do a little bit of teamwork here. And he says, no, I actually don't think I will. He says, no, Klaus is uh, calling me. So I got to go. So then we go over to the Salvatore house where Elena and Damon are debriefing on their plan, which surprise, surprise, failed. I told you all this at the beginning of the night. It was going to fail. It always does. First of all, it's episode nine of the season. It's going to fail. Yeah. And I'm sorry, guys. Every time you plan to kill Klaus, it goes horribly wrong. And this time you now lost the only weapon that can kill him. So let's give that up. If Klaus is dying, it's certainly not going to be in episode nine. Do you think they are going to be able to kill Klaus? I'm sure there's some way to kill him that they could hunt down and figure out. I don't think they will be killing him. And why do you think that? Because I think he's going to be a main character for quite some time. Okay. I just think they kind of need to get over him as a villain, especially because we see at the end of this episode, you know, he can't be killed, whatever, but he still can lose his upper hand in things. He can still be beaten down emotionally because he's a little bitch baby. And if they would take some time to not be so scared of him being unkillable, they would notice that he is so easy to beat down emotionally. Well, plus the thing is right now, Klaus is not really a threat to any of them yeah. because he got his hybrids. All he needs is to take a little bit of blood from Elena every once in a while. He's not going to kill her. And if he's not going to kill her, Damon and Stefan have no reason to be scared of him. Like it just seems like they can coexist. So why bother trying to kill him? Because it's only stressing you out. It's only stressing you out. It never works. And if I'm Elena, yeah, take some blood. Who fucking cares? Like at this point, I'll just donate blood once every six months. Yeah, that's fine with me. That's an okay deal in the grand scheme. Maybe Klaus dies, maybe he doesn't. But we do know that there is a spinoff called The Originals. So Klaus may or may not be on that. And it may or may not take place 
before or after events of this show. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be killed. I'm sure if they really wanted to hunt it down, some witch could have some balanced thing to do it. It just seems like a lot of work for someone who is really not a threat anymore. Yeah. He was a threat when he could make hybrids and you had to try to stop that. Well, you failed on that. He can make them. Yeah. He was a threat when he was trying to break the curse. Well, he broke the curse. So that's over. So the, the threat's gone. He beat you guys there. And now his dad's dead, who was really your only weapon. And what a useless weapon he was to you. So just kind of let it go. It's the storyline that I'm leaning with this episode. Everybody needs to let it go. Yeah, relax. And Damon's really upset that this didn't work. Elena says, how did this happen? Damon says, we thought of everything. Klaus having hybrids, Michael turning on us. We even brought in Catherine so you weren't in danger. We were prepared for everything. Obviously they weren't, uh, but okay. And Elena says, we were counting on the fact that Stefan wanted Klaus dead more than anything. That's what we counted on. And Damon says, well, we blew it. Here's the lesson. Stefan will ruin a plan, humanity or not. And I hate to say this, Damon, you know who ruined the plan? You by not immediately staking Klaus in the hurt. Yeah. And granted, Damon might have been killed at that point. So there was a plus side of that. But realistically, that was the move which mm-hmm. I think Damon also is aware of. Like, if I could have just hit his hurt first, we wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah. Which is why he's pissy. Elena asks where Catherine is, and Damon says she ran for the hills like usual, and who can blame her? Klaus would have crushed her. Yeah, she filled her job for the day. Time to go. She clocked out. And then Damon says, I had Klaus. So this is obviously him reckoning with the fact that he really is the one who kind of made the plan fail. And then he says, this could have all been over, and he throws his drink into the fire. And Elena grabs his face and she says, hey, we'll survive this. We always survive. Trust me. It's like, oh, you too will survive this? And it's looking a little sexy. Mmm, yummy. So they do what they do best when the sexual tension starts to get a little bit out of control. Someone brings up Stefan. Damon (laughs) says, we're never getting Stefan back. You know that, right? Somehow this time bringing up Stefan, though, makes it sexier. Yeah, because Elena says, then we'll let him go. Okay, we'll have to let him go. And Damon's like, oh, oh, it's on now. Damon's like, oh, shit, that didn't even work to dispel the tension. Okay, he said, oh, my God, she's literally in love with me. He has his cute little like puppy dog face, too. It gets right to me. Then the phone rings in the middle of their longing looks. So Delana stands. We were eating tonight. Mm, Yummy. But Catherine has to make it about her which you got to stand julie pleck do be edging <laughs> yeah damon picks the phone up it's Catherine. he says hi Catherine. like i'm really not interested in a play-by-play of our failure and she says i'm just calling to say bye i don't know what to tell you you had a good plan and that's high praise from me of course this isn't comforting to him because it didn't work and then he says are you going back into hiding and she says well at least my life isn't boring bye and he says take care of yourself Catherine." and they hang up And then we go into the car with Catherine and she sighs. She says, oh, he doesn't know where it all went wrong. And then we realize she's not in the car alone, but Stefan is riding shotgun. And he says he doesn't have to know. And he's giving a little sexy look to Catherine. I said, are these two going to kiss? Not yet, because she pulls over and she says, you good from here? I need to put one million miles between myself and Klaus immediately. And then we get a flashback to earlier this evening. This is Stefan coming to after Michael knocked him out. And he says, oh, Elena. And she says, "Uh, not quite. She's like, guess again. (laughs) She gives him a bag of blood and she tells him to pep up because she only has a second before everyone realizes she's not at the party. 
And so briefly, we flash back to Catherine talking to Klaus earlier when she says, I'm not nervous. I just don't like you. Mm -hmm. But we see more of the moment here. He says, you know, whatever you do, it's not going to succeed. And she says, well, it won't be for lack of trying. And he says, "Mm, I would tell Damon to mind his manners tonight, because if I die, I've ensured that he's going to die with me. Because even in death, my hybrids have their orders. So if you kill me, you're going to kill him too. Just want you to know that. And then he walks away. Now, this is a good plan by Klaus. It's always useful to link your demise to someone else's demise. No matter what happens, Stefan will be protecting Damon. So even if his loyalty is taken from Klaus, whatever, he will still be loyal to Damon and by transitive property, still loyal to Klaus. Exactly. So then we go back to the car and Stefan says, how did you know I'd stop Damon? And Catherine says, I didn't. I was just hoping you'd want to. And then we go back into the room earlier where Stefan's waking up drinking blood. And Catherine says, listen, if Klaus dies, so does Damon. And Stefan says, so pull the plug on the plan. And Catherine says, yeah, I can't because Michael's going to be really mad at me and kill us. So I kind of have to keep it going. And then she says, you know, I know you've turned off your humanity, but there's really only one solution. And that is for you to care enough to save Damon's life. And you have to giggle. But after all this time, who can get Stefan to turn his humanity on? But Catherine P.S. Or at least consider it. Yeah, I was going to say, we don't have any confirmation he turns his humanity on. Yeah. He has, like, saved Damon with his humanity off before. Yeah. And by, you know, him saving Damon was saving Klaus, so still under the Klaus compulsion. But this is the closest he seemed to get to turning his humanity on. Thanks to Miss Catherine P.S. for power. Catherine says, look, I'm going back to this party and I'm going to see this plan through. Klaus is going to be killed. Both of us are going to have our freedom. But then Damon will be dead. Your brother is going to die unless you care enough to do something. And so then we go back into the car. Stefan says, you know, you wanted Klaus dead for 500 years. Why risk all that to save Damon's life? First of all, Catherine didn't risk a thing. Yeah. Either Klaus was going to die or Michael was going to die is what she was thinking for the night. And she would prefer if Michael died because she doesn't really want Damon to die. But if he did, she'd be like, okay, that kind of sucks, but I'll go. If she got to pick, she would prefer that Klaus died. Yeah. Of anyone. But beggars can't be choosers. She knows that she can make anything work. Catherine says, well, I wasn't just saving Damon's life. I was saving yours, your humanity, because I like the old you better. And Seven says, oh, come on, Catherine. You don't care about anyone but yourself. You never have. And she says, okay, well, we both know that's not true. I say it all the time. She said, how many times do I have to fucking say it? Why well, want to get through your thick skull? And she says, I loved you. I loved Damon too. And then she says, you know, humanity is a vampire's greatest weakness. No matter how easy it is to turn off, it's always trying to fight its way back in. Sometimes I let it. Mm-hmm. And Stefan says, okay, well, I can't let it all back in. I don't want to, not after everything I've done. That's a question. Can you like microdose your humanity? No, you can't just only let in like thinking food is good. No, not that, but like just flip it on really quick and flip it off again. The understanding is no. I think like logically you could turn it on and then turn it right back off. But I think when you turn it on, it's so overwhelming to have everything rush back in that that's just not something you can do right away is what we're meant to understand. Yeah. Because Catherine kind of implies that she's like, you know, sometimes I just like let myself have a couple cute feelings. She implies that, but I think her humanity's just on all the time. Yeah. She implies that she's like toggling the switch. I don't think she's toggling shit. I think she just is like, okay with 
anything she does that's evil. She's like, well, it's for me, so I don't feel guilty about it. She's just really good at justifying her actions, even if they're evil. Compartmentalizing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why she's a successful vampire. They all could learn a lot from Captain. And she says, look, I know you don't want to let everything back in, but if you don't let yourself feel, you won't be able to do what I need you to do next, which is get mad. So let me go away from that. It, again, it's a little unclear whether or not his humanity's on at this point. It seems like he's at least considering it. Yeah. Like he's definitely, people have gotten under his skin a little bit. Lexi, Elena, Catherine, everyone's kind of like, okay, well, here's an argument. Take it or leave it. And I think Catherine's argument has been the biggest push for him thus far. Mm -hmm. Also because, you know, Lexi and Elena kind of loosened that uh, top of the jar, you know? Mm -hmm. So Catherine just did another twist. So I, I don't think it's on, but I think he's getting close. I think he's really considering it. Yeah, I would argue it is not on. Then we briefly go over to the Salvatore dungeon uh, where Rebecca's body is laying. Her phone is there and it's ringing. She's not picking it up because she is still daggered. Someone go get that dagger from her. Go wake her up. They don't really want to deal with that. I know, but I miss her already. We'll see. Maybe she'll be back. She'll be back. She gets a call from Klaus. So we go to the parking lot. Klaus um, leaves a voicemail for Rebecca. He says, hey, girl. So dad is dead. Time for a family reunion. Where you at, queen? And then he gets a call from Stefan. So he's like, oh, I'll pick it up. It's my best friend. I was just leaving a voicemail for my sister. He says, hey, Stefan, what's up? Miss me already? And Stefan says, you know, I just wanted to call and thank you so much for my freedom. And Klaus says, well, you know, I am a man of my word, more or less. I would say less. Yeah, but sometimes. And I, I do think Klaus was kind of hoping that Stefan was calling to be like, hey, do you still want to hang out? Yeah. <laughs> I think Klaus was hoping this call was going to end differently. And Stefan says, you know, the thing is, my freedom came at too high a price because you took everything from me. And Klaus says, okay, well, um, let bygones be bygones. Okay, resentment gets old. And it's like, okay, well, you resented your dad for a thousand years. So yeah, you just let your resentment make you kill your own father. So maybe you weren't the one to offer advice. Yeah, so keep your advice to yourself. And Stefan says, you know what never gets old? And then Klaus opens a grate of the truck where he was carrying all the coffins and he finds it empty. And Stefan says, revenge. And Klaus is like, you fucking bitch. Klaus <laughs> says, no. And Stefan says, oh, what's up, Klaus? Missing something? And we see Stefan is in a room with all of Klaus's coffins. And it's like, okay. We don't know where he is right now, where he put them. Do you think anyone helped him? Do you think, do you have any ideas where he's hiding these? I think Catherine helped him. I don't know where he's hiding him. At first, I was trying to look for clues. I was like, what if this is a Chicago apartment? Um, but I don't think it's that because it was more rooms than that. So I don't know where it is, but I don't think it's that far from Mystic Falls, realistically. It's clearly some empty building. There were a ton of mattresses around that they moved out of the way. So it could be like an abandoned hospital wing or just a hospital wing that they compelled or like an orphanage. I don't know. I'm thinking of places that have mattresses, but they were all nicer mattresses than either of those places would have. And it kind of looked like a, what's it called? Like a funeral home. But then I realized it only looked that way because it was full of coffins. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason I thought that. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, oh, he's in a funeral home. It's like, no, he just put coffins in a room. <laughs> so uh, those are some guesses off the top or just in like a foreclosed house, you know? That's sure. a classic move. Klaus asks Stefan what he's doing. And Stefan says, oh, me, I'm just enjoying my freedom. And Klaus says, I'm going to kill you and everyone you've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Stefan says, oh, yeah, go ahead. Do that. You'll never see your family ever again. And Klaus is like, this is the one thing I fucking wanted. And Klaus at this point is like, I probably shouldn't have told him where the coffins were. Yeah, he's like, okay, this was a mistake a little bit. I probably should have locked this up a little better. He was hoping that Stefan was going to be his friend. That was his mistake. Yeah. Everyone relied on Stefan in the wrong way in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. And Stefan says, you know, I wonder, Klaus, as someone who's been one step ahead for a thousand years, were you prepared for this? Klaus hangs up angrily, which means no, he wasn't. And that's where we end the episode. So what do you think Klaus is going to do to get these coffins back? Well, he's going to have to find Stefan. I mean, I think he's essentially going to go talk to Damon and Elena, maybe team up with them for this. I think he will find out that Rebecca's in the basement pretty soon. But it's not crazy that he would have some idea of where Stefan's going anyway. Do you think Stefan is leaving town? No, I don't think so. I think he... I mean, I think he might be like out of town for a little bit, but I don't think it's permanent. I think he kind of wants to leave town, but he'll chicken out on that. It would be pretty obvious for him to keep uh, the coffins in Mystic Falls, though. Like, isn't that the first place Klaus would look? He's going to look in every house in Mystic Falls. I think I don't think he's leaving town. I, I think he probably brought the coffins outside of Mystic Falls. OK, I don't necessarily think he went like super far away because I don't think he has to, because if it's not in. Mystic Falls or somewhere he would immediately look, it's probably fine. And I'm sure Stefan at least considered like where might Klaus not look right away? You know, something a little more inconspicuous, whatever. Sure. So I don't think they're necessarily in Mystic Falls, but I don't think they're far away. Fair enough. Do you think Stefan's going to give them back to Klaus? Do you think Klaus is going to get them back? Like, what do you think Stefan's next move is? I don't really know. I think Stefan is just doing this out of spite, but also if he feels so much spite, like you would think his humanity would have to be on to care enough because if his humanity was off, he'd be like, whatever, who cares what Klaus does? So I think this is probably also a push from Catherine. I think it is useful, you know, to have access to these originals in theory because, you know, you can wake them up if you need someone for something, but if they're not going to wake them up, I don't really know why they need them. Just so Klaus doesn't. But that seems like why would Stefan care about that if his humanity's off? I think he basically like understands objectively that this will upset Klaus. Whether or not Stefan personally cares, he can look at it objectively and say, I know Klaus will be mad about this and I would like to make Klaus mad for making me look like a little bitch baby. But yeah, I guess it would be like, why would you want to make Klaus mad so bad if you're not mad? The rule of thumb is that when someone turns their humanity back on, it will be mind-numbingly obvious. Oh, no, I, I don't think his humanity's on. I just don't know why he would care so much about this. So I think Catherine is also, like, leaning into a plan for this. Because I do think the second Stefan's humanity is on, he's going to burst into tears. Yeah. It, the guilt thing, you know, that's his whole personality. I don't think Stefan cares about this. I think he just wants to annoy Klaus. I don't think he there's a care there. It's just kind of fun to mess with him. Yeah. Because he was messed with by Klaus. Kicking it back. I don't think it's emotional warfare. I don't think he cares what happens to these coffins. It is like the equivalent of taking a toy from someone because they pissed you off. Yeah, that is true. I was like, I don't care that I have this toy. I care that you don't have this toy. Yeah. I'm not going to do nothing with it. I'm keeping it in this old abandoned whatever. Yeah. Do you think Klaus is going to let it go? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I think he's going to go find the coffins and be mad, but I don't think he's going to go like kill Stefan over it. I, I think he's going to bitch about it more than anything. 
It's what Klaus does best. Yeah. One thing about Klaus is he will whine. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. As always, if you're enjoying The Vampire Diaries and Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and leave us five stars rating and review on Apple Podcasts and a rating on Spotify Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. So for now, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.